The Talking Football podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who are the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code TALKINGFITBALL at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code TALKINGFITBALL. Your balls will thank you. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 79 of the Talking Football Podcast. My name's Derek Clark and each week we try and bring you a first class interview with some of the most colourful and interesting characters involved in the game. This week, in the week where Scotland qualified for their first major tournament in 22 years, I spoke with a man who helped the country do just that in 1977, the great Don Masson. Don was in great form as he looked back on his career from his time at Middlesbrough, becoming Notts County's greatest ever player, starting in the QPR side that almost won the league, as well as representing Scotland where he talks about netting a penalty against Wales that helped them qualify for the World Cup in Argentina, and the penalty miss against Peru in the tournament itself that still haunts him to this day. Don has also brought out his eagerly anticipated autobiography, Still Saying Sorry. You can get your copy by visiting donmasson.co.uk or simply clicking on the shop page on the Talking Fitball website. So sit back and enjoy the latest episode of the Talking Fitball podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to the Talking Football Podcast. I'm absolutely delighted to say we're joined on the line this week by Scotland, former Scotland star, Middlesbrough Notts County legend and QPR star as well, Don Masson. Don, thank you very much for coming on. No problem. Great career in the game, Don, of course. Before we talk about uh, your career, just a, a quick word for our sponsors. The great guys at Manscaped have redesigned the electric trimmer for your Nella regions and you improve lawnmower 3.0. And we've got one to give away. It's full of uh, great features on there. We have a brilliant hamper pack, which includes the trimmer itself alongside deodorant and toner, a t-shirt and boxers. It's an ideal Christmas gift. Keep your eyes peeled on our social media accounts on Twitter and Facebook for details on how to win that. Okay, Don, looking that back at the career then, we'll touch on as well, you've got an autobiography out as, as well, which is, uh, I'd urge everyone to, to go and buy that as well. But looking back when you were born in, in Bankery all those years ago in 1946, Don, um, growing up as a youngster, was uh, football always your passion? Were you always kicking a ball around? Always. My mum my, my was the one It was instrumental. I... Uh, <laughs> I uh, I always remember when I was about five, I used to come home from school and I wouldn't go back yet until I, for an hour playing with a tennis ball with my mum, kicking the ball back and forth with her, left and right foot. Also, in that time, the Dons were mad. I used to go in to see the Dons and my dad. And that was a treat for me. And Aberdeen has still been my, my favourite team. That's the first result I ever looked for. When I'm looking at the results. Did you have any sort of role models growing up? Was, you mentioned that your mum got you into football. Is, was there any players that you, you idolised? And for Aberdeen, it was uh, Paddy Buckley and Graham Leggett. The, uh, there was a uh, right winger, Graham Leggett, who went on to play for Fulham, uh, and Paddy Buckley was the centre forward. Scottish International, both Scottish International. And in the 50s, they were my idols. Wow, and 
you mentioned that you were spending hours kicking a tennis ball against a wall. It just when you played with a normal size football, what did what did that feel like? I guess it just felt like a, a bit of an upgrade. That was easier. That was easier. Because <laughs> <laughs> you can if you can control a tennis ball, a little a bigger ball is not ideal. All I, all I ever wanted to do was be a professional footballer. Yeah, a frightful five. That's all I wanted to do. Did you always want to be a midfielder um, growing up? Did you play at any uh, different positions? I, I, I just didn't. When I was a kid, I used to score a lot of goals. I used to get them off in five a side, put the ball in the back, go through and score the goals. And, that, and then when I, I was fortunate, I had, a, I had a good long shot. And I, I used to score loads of goals from outside the box when I was, when I was there on the field. Yeah, that. I mean, of course, you'd you'd go down to Middlesbrough in um, 1964. Uh, it must have seemed like the the end of the, the world going down there, um, so far away from where where you are from, Don. How did that move come about? It was because my dad, he was uh, he wanted to be a, a bus driver, if you can believe that. <laughs> and uh, he got he didn't uh, pass the uh, exam for Aberdeen, and the the next annual about it was there. Uh, my mum's saying, oh, dad's going to England. That's what, like, the children now are going to Australia in, in those days. And anyway, call long story short, he uh, got a job in England in, in, in Middlesbrough, and uh, we, we joined him there. And uh, I, would, I was lucky to have uh, Harold Shepperson, the England 66 uh, man and uh, trainer, when they won the World Cup, wow. he spotted me playing for the school team, and so I became a apprentice in Middlesbrough, and then signed for them. Race Race Carter was the manager, yeah, and uh, I signed there when I was seventeen. Yeah, your family must be proud, but it must have been a big thing for you, Don, knowing that you always wanted to be a footballer, and now you joined Middlesbrough, who a big name in, in, in football. But that, you know, you just had to go and where you, well, in those days, where you had the, the work was, and uh, it was like a, a, a completely different world to me. Yeah. But uh, I think that was part of uh, how I developed as a person. But it would be very interesting for people to read uh, in, the, in my book about how it changed me. I was coming down from Scotland to England and my personality has changed and uh, I think people will be very interested to, to see that how that came about yeah oh absolutely and at Middlesbrough then I was looking at, I was looking back at the squad at the time is it right you, you cleaned Brian Clough's boots at the time there he just left it, it was but I used to go and watch him I, uh, they used to have a pen in at uh, Middlesbrough we were school kids, used to go and watch him. He used to score like four, three or four goals a mile. I remember him, uh, Alan Peacock, who was a, a star at the time, who went on to play for Leeds in England. They, they were all so annoyed, Mr. I always call him Mr. Clough, because I've got so much respect for him. And uh, he, I would, he probably would score six, uh, and he would get three, and he, he would get 40 goals a season. Every season. Wow. 
Yeah, it was some player back in the day, wasn't he? I mean, we all, of course, we all remember him as a, this uh, charismatic and tremendous manager, but he was he could play a bit as well, couldn't he? I remember it. I actually was at the match at uh, Sunderland uh, on Boxing Day when he had his fatal injury. And the, the very goalkeeper came out and he fell over him. And uh, it was because it was a frosty game. And uh, I was at that game. <laughs> and uh, the, the next match, there's a nice, nice story. My brother in law who lives in Minnesota, big Borough fan. As soon as Brian Clough went to Sunderland, he changed his alliance and he, he's been a Sunderland supporter. All the, after all these years, he's still a Sunderland supporter. Wow. Wow, bro. Because Brian Clough was so popular. Yeah. And so he, he went to support him there. Wow, oh, excellent! You, you touched on your sort of your attitude change when you when you came down to England. Don, um, was that was that the whole the Scottish the Scottish in you? Do you think? Must be, must be. You know, great a foreign country. You know, like it's just, we would like outcast it. But I was, I'm yeah. I'm used to the the uh, countryside in Bankley, runabout Bankley and Ryanie, and all of a sudden I'm in an, an industrial town. Yeah, and uh, it was just foreign to me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, when you were at Middlesbrough, can, can you remember making your, your, your debut at all? When I was seven, it was at Charlton, and uh, I don't even remember Ian Gibson was a good player, played under 21 for Scotland, midfield player, a yeah, really good player, and I was uh, a couple of years younger than him, and he, he was injured, and I got I be against Charlton at uh, the Valley, when I was 17. Wow. What, what was that like? I mean, is it, you're a young boy, Don, and you're playing up against uh, men and all that. Was it was it quite the baptism of fire? Well, it didn't really bother me because I was in the, the country. Not, I wouldn't like, I wouldn't argue that. I think it was just an inner confidence yeah. that I, I could perform. I just, I just wanted the chance to, to get up and, and prove that I could play. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, before we move on to Notts County, when you were down at Middlesbrough, I just wanted to touch on England, of course, would win the, the World Cup in, in 66. Um, uh, what was that like as, as a Scot down there? Did you get any ribbon when you were at training or anything like that? Oh, I did, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Because like, obviously I never watched the match. Yeah. And uh, we did. So, but I heard it all about it afterwards, obviously. Because Dennis Law, Dennis never watched. He was playing golf when, yeah. they, they, when they won. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Superb. Uh, um, you joined Notts, Notts County then in, in '68. Um, what was the re- what was the reason behind that? Because obviously they were uh, at the time when when you joined County, they were struggling down at the bottom end of the, the English football league. What was the, the thinking behind that move, Don? It was at that time the, the borough. Uh, we'd got promotion from the third to the second. Yeah, and then. Stan Anderson was the manager. He brought Eric McMurray and I for the midfield and then he brought, for whatever reason, Johnny Crossan. And Johnny was a big star at the time. Played for Sunderland and uh, uh, a big uh, uh, Northern Ireland international. Going towards his end of his career. Anyway, Stan Anderson was the manager then at Middlesbrough. He'd, and uh, obviously, three entered. During the three don't go. So, I was the one who was unfortunately left out. So I was 
really is I just got married and so I needed to be in the first place and so as far as I in those days you didn't have a you didn't have a say in the matter you were just pieces of meat yeah. and you had to you had to go where the the, the club agreed to terms and I didn't even know where I was going until I went to the ground and they said oh it's not fancy and so you know, the Billy Gray was a manager at the time yeah. met him and agreed, well, the terms came down to North County with Bob Wobbington. Bob and I was a £6,000 combined fee at the time. And North County were 90, 92 clubs. And so there was only one way to go. And so, but I, but I was guaranteed first team football, which is all I was bothered about. Yeah. Playing consistently for, for, for county What was it like down in the divisions Was it a bit cutthroat at times <laughs> I, was, I was I was fortunate because Jimmy still Took over And yeah. I came down in 68 And Jimmy took over in 69 And he transformed the club Transformed how The training was And it was absolutely brilliant And he became a father figure to me And uh, I, And everything took off we got promoted in 1971, and then a couple of years later, fourth and third, third and second, and then we stayed, we just uh, kept, and we were actually above Forest when Brian Clough took over Forest wow. in 75, 76, uh, no, 70, uh, 70, 74. When I left, we were above, I left to go to the range in 74. And and county were above Forest in the league, the second division. Yeah, well, you mentioned there Jimmy Settle, of course, an absolute legend at, at the club. And um, you met, you said he was like a father figure to you. What was so good about him? How could he g up the players? And, and what what was so special about him? He was just and Alex Ferguson. He yeah. he he thinks a world of him as well. And he uh, was it was just something about him. He and he. Uh, he just got the best out of me and he, he gave me the full uh, command to be able to do and change things on the, on the pitch which was great for me and uh, I was his love took his brains onto the football pitch and I could change things whenever I wanted which is, was great for me yeah yeah definitely um, you mentioned that the 70-71 season was a good one wasn't it when you won that that fourth division unbeaten at home how enjoyable was it was was playing that year? Brilliant, brilliant. And that we, we were playing within when uh, Tony Haley came back. Yeah, twenty thousand people, unbelievable in the four divisions. And uh, then when we that year, and then Tony left, and then he got the other people to come in to get motion from the third to the second. Uh, Kevin Randall, uh, and then he did a good job. We got promotion then because in those days there was only two teams going up, no playoffs or anything. And then and, uh, the four teams in the third division in that time were Aston Villa, Bournemouth, Brighton, North County. Yeah, we we went up to the the Villa. Fortunately, they they walked it, and the the but there was uh, when we got promotion was a, a big thing. Uh, we beat Tramby in the last game of the season at home yeah. to get promoted. And then there were then 
vying with Forest in the second division. They'd come down, obviously. And we were on our way up. And the first time for years and years that the two teams had played uh, derbies for uh, years and years. Yeah. What was it What was it like playing in, that, in, in those derbies, Don? Is that something you sort of reveled in? Brilliant. Because you know, the, the players in, that, in those days, they all got on together. There was no sort of big rivalry as such. You know, once the game is finished, you should go and have a, a drink with them. And brilliant. And uh, John Robertson, who I still go, still stay at the, uh, play tennis with now, uh, he was just a young kid at the time. It's, uh, it was brilliant. brilliant. Yeah, definitely. Um, you mentioned there Tony Hately. Of course, it was his second spell. He came back. How, how, how good was he to play alongside? Brilliant. Because I remember Mark, his son, yeah. coming as a young kid to oh. watch his dad play. And then, of course, Mark went on to have a fantastic career. Yeah. But the big man, yeah, he was brilliant. He, he was one of the first ones to um, to go transferred to, the, to big clubs like Aston Villa, Liverpool. Uh, I think he played for Chelsea as well, if I can if yeah, I remember. Right, yeah. But, uh, yeah, he was... Unfortunately, he was coming towards the end of his career, but he did a fantastic job. And uh, he encouraged Les Brad, who went on to have a good career, he become the record goal scorer. And he, big, big, I always call him Big Man, but Big Tony was very, very good. Yeah. Meadow Lane, of course, traditionally, what, what, what a ground that is. What was it like to play there? Very, very well. That well, was. Uh, the oldest club in the world yeah. at the time, and it was it was brilliant and really homely. It still is now, and that, but I feel sorry for the supporters now because of the you know, non-league. Uh, and they're still so loyal. Yeah, it's, it's it's sad to see the sort of demise of the club, isn't it? Because it's, it's, it's it, yeah. they don't deserve to be down there. No, it's a shame. But hopefully. Uh, under the new ownership of the two Danish gentlemen, yeah. they seem really genuine, which has never always been the case down there. Yeah. Uh, when you're at Notts County, I was reading, uh, I mean, this must have been uh, a bit bizarre for you, that when Bournemouth came in for you and then you had to go down to the High Court in London and all that when the move fell through. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I it mean, was, that's the sort of stuff you don't expect to be to be doing as, as a player. Well, it, 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 the same thing again. They just pieces of meat, yeah. and there's an interesting uh, thing that I've done. And you know, like people reading the book, will find out all the ins yeah. and outs of that, that scenario. Yeah, it was a strange one. Uh, QPR, of course. Then you'd, you'd go in in '74. Um, how did that move all come about, Don? Same thing again. The, I think Jack Dunnett at the time that he was the president of the league, chairman of Notch County, I think he'd realised that was as far as he could take them. At that time, he couldn't compete with the Forest like financially. And uh, he, 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 I, I, I was 28, and uh, I think they realised if he'd waited any longer, he wouldn't get any that sort of money for me. Yeah. And... Uh, I went for a hundred thousand, which was a lot of money in those days. Yeah, yeah. Did you did you feel any added pressure because of the price tag? Was that something that you sort no, of no, felt? No, I just I just wanted to prove myself. Yeah. All I wanted to do 
is to because I was going to join the, the Rangers. Frank McLean told uh, Jerry Francis was England tra- England captain. Uh, Stan Bowles, yeah, Dave Thomas, Phil Parsons, everyone was an international. And I, all I wanted to do was prove that I could play at that level. Yeah, and you certainly did that. Uh, playing down there, obviously going down to London as well. How did you find uh, living down there? I loved it. I loved it. It was a different, different world. Uh, we, I stayed down there uh, on my own for the bit before uh, Margaret and Neil and Jane came down, and we actually lived in Berkshire, uh, where a lot of the other players, Don Gibbons, lived, uh, Phil Parks, David Thomas, they all lived out uh, in Gillen because obviously the property was so expensive in London. And so it used to take us 30 minutes to get into the training ground, 40 minutes to get into Shepherd's Bush, which was like, like a different world. Yeah. Up here, you can get to Sheffield for here like that. It's a, you know, it's a different world. Yeah. Yeah, it certainly is. You rhymed off some of the players that you were, you were playing with. I mean, absolute... Uh, legends of the game down at QPR Stan Bowles what a player he was it, it must it must have been great did these sort of players sort of help bring your game on Don? Definitely definitely it was so easy for me because all I had to do was get the ball and give it to one of these good players I would, <laughs> was it's always I've always maintained a simple game made complicated and people trying to do difficult things Just we used to play like five or six on, the, on a big pitch Dave Jackson was absolutely fantastic. Stan Bowles uh, was the best player I ever played with. I've always said that. Yeah, yeah, he was. He was absolutely he sensational. Natural, natural, natural skill he had. It was phenomenal to to watch him perform in, in training. It, it was just, it was a joy to to, to watch him. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was something else. Um, the the 75-76 season, um, it was one of those, it was uh, what it might have been, wasn't it? You obviously came second to, to Liverpool, uh, being picked by, by a point. What was that season like to, to play in? Is that one of, the, the, on a personal level, one of the, the best seasons you were involved in? Definitely, because I think in, uh, anybody in football at that time would, would say that uh, Rangers were the best team in the, in the country at that time by a you know, like it was just so unlucky. But it was a bit like Forest when they won the the two European Cup. Yeah. If we had that, just for I'm not saying for any other time, but for that just one season, everybody and all the players uh, played at the, the maximum, and it was uh, it was just a joy to be part of that. Yeah. Uh, of course. Uh... Look, looking at the games, uh, um, the, the Norwich game is that the, the decisive one? Do you recommend? I think you lost three two. When you when back obviously, but there was other there was other uh, games early on in the season. Yeah, uh, Burnley and definitely where we lost points where we should have. Uh, obviously, coming towards the end, it was crucial. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, uh, I meant to ask you about Loftus Road I mean that's another like uh, uh, Notts County one of these old fashioned football grounds an absolutely brilliant arena to play football is that what you found? Great great atmosphere yeah. and the supporters they were tremendous to me you know and I've got great respect for them as like the same as Notts County you know like and, uh, not big crowds but really really supportive of the team and uh, really good yeah, yeah, definitely. Of course, when you're at QPR, you'd 
you'd represent Scotland for the first time as well in uh, in 76 in the, the home championships, scoring against England, of course, as well at Hampden Park. Um, what, what was it? I mean, representing Scotland is just every schoolboy's dream, isn't it? Just a bit. When, you, when you're a schoolboy in Scotland, all you want to do is play for your, for your country. Yeah. And I, I, was, I was 30 when I first got called up. But that, and I always maintain, and Jimmy Cheryl actually recommended me to Willie Holman when it, in, the six, in the 74 World Cup. Yeah. He played third because I was playing in the second division. Uh, nobody would come to watch me. And I, I maintain I wasn't playing any better for the Rangers, but I was playing with, with, at a better level, a better, better players, and you, you got noticed. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, I mean, that, that game against England at Hamden when you won 2-1, uh, it's all famous, of course, for, for Kenny Dalglish's goal, um, but you scored yeah, a header. Uh, what, what, uh, what, what, can, can you remember what that was like, Don? Definitely, because I usually took the, the corners before yeah. some reason Eddie, Eddie Gray took it and, that, and then I, I just saw the, the, the gap up here uh, and just went into it, closed my eyes and ended up in the back of the Fantastic stuff. And, I mean, playing at Hamden as well, I mean, walking out at Hamden and the crowds back then and just the, the whole the whole spectacle of the thing, is that something you can take in as a player? Is it, does it sort of pass you yeah, by? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely fantastic. The, the atmosphere, you know, like 100,000 people was, yeah, it was just, uh, and I always remember that they went to, apart after that, went to Wembley in 77. Yeah. Because all the, the Scottish uh, supporters were down there and said to Gordon McQueen when we were going out to the to Wembley, said, like, we can't perform for these people. They stayed for two years to, to, to go down to Wembley. In those days, that's what used to happen. They used to go down there with pilgrimage. And uh, there was like three quarters of the crowd was Scottish at that time. And it was brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was that was a famous fixture as when the, the fans went on the park, wasn't it? Right. The goals. <laughs> That's right. The collective goal. My my blessed Margaret, uh, she was on the pitch. My wife with Neil, my son, and he actually got a piece of the a piece of the turf. <laughs> we took home. The on, so we put it in the back garden. <laughs> Fantastic stuff. Uh, we'll talk about the, the lead up to uh, Argentina in, in a minute, Don. But before that, of course, you, you joined Derby County in in, in seventy seven. Um, what was the reason behind that move? Were you sad to leave QPR at that time? Definitely, but David just gone to Man United. Yeah, for a second, and the, the team was folding it up really because uh, uh, Frank had retired. Thomas had gone to Everton. Uh, Different things were going on, and but it, it, the same thing. I didn't have the same matter, and but uh, it, it wasn't the best uh, move that I and, and uh, it didn't work out very well for me. Yeah, I was going. To, I was going to ask. I've, I've read uh, different reports. That, I mean, Tommy Doc was there at the boss, but you sort of it's, it never sort of get on that, that that well when you were there. Good, good. You got to read the book because it's a fantastic. Yeah. I, I explain everything how it went, how things went off, you know, and it's it wasn't always it wasn't all my fault. Yeah. And so and and 
especially leading up to Argentina, you know, I wasn't uh, in the right frame of mind because of things that went on yeah. off the field. Yeah, definitely. That leads us on to, to Argentina then. Before you went to Argentina, you scored, you scored that, that penalty against Wales down at Anfield uh, to get the, the country to the to, to the World Cup itself. Yeah. What was yeah. that like as a game to play in? Because that, that was something else, that. Absolutely fantastic. You know, I was a captain because Bruce yeah. had got injured. And uh, I was very fortunate to be able to a great honour to be the captain of Scotland. Because in order to actually qualify in a group with yeah, Czechoslovakia uh, who were the reigning European champions yeah. at the time and uh, to get out and have been beaten over there the first game in Czechoslovakia you know like to go to to Anfield with a chance to qualify was just beyond our wildest dreams as far as for the players were concerned yeah. you know to, and actually get there there was a fantastic night and, uh, yeah, it was really, really a great honour for me. Yeah, oh, definitely would be. And then, I mean, stepping up to take the penalty as well, so much pressure on you, Don. Are you able to shut that out as, as a professional and just concentrate on, on the job in hand? Yeah, well, because uh, Bruce had missed, I think it was against Wales, uh, he was a designated taker. And then after he, he, he missed that, uh, they asked for volunteers and I sillyly volunteered and uh, they used to take it for bother at, at uh, County and that. And anyway, so, yeah, and uh, it was because uh, I'd scored against uh, Argentina in a, in a friendly in 77 when we went uh, in a in a in the season tour as well, Argentina and, and Chile. Yeah. And I'd scored a penalty when we drew 1-1 with them in 76. And uh, so it, wouldn't, it, it, didn't, it didn't really bother me to take penalty. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was coolly taken. And, it, of course, we'd, we'd go over to Argentina. And um, before we talk about the, the, the Peru game as well, I mean, there was a big send-off. Much was made of it, like as we were going over there to to, the, to win the World Cup itself. No, that, yeah, but that was that was all the hype. I don't know. It was certainly not anything to do with the players. Yeah, the players didn't have anything. That was we were so embarrassed. Yeah, I was personally to to go around Hamden, uh, like it was really really embarrassing on a uh, open bus. Like you know, I don't know who organised that. I think that was the SAFA. Yeah. And, and uh, it, was, it was just an embarrassment. Yeah. Did, did the players sort of feel, because I mean, I know Ali McLeod was saying we're going to win the, the trophy and all that. Did, did the players take that on board and feel a sense of pressure because of that? Was sort of unwelcome? Well, I would, I would never say anything against Ali because he was, he was brilliant for, to me. Yeah. But uh, we, we, we were just happy to be there, yeah. you know, to be, be playing in the World Cup. Yeah. Nobody, nobody ever thought we would it. To go to win it. If we get out of the group, that would be a fantastic achievement. Yeah, uh, and of course, um, uh, going over there uh, uh, as well. Uh, the, I know the preparation. I mean, I've spoke. Used to do a bit of work with, with Alan Ruff as well. He says that the sort of conditions you guys were living in at the no, time were, were all over the show. Absolutely, it was a joke, and people don't realise they wouldn't. They wouldn't put up with it nowadays. Yeah, you know, they would have been either. Moved, I've got, I've got 
something else. But to 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 think you were stopped and surrounded by uh, armed guards and you couldn't go out to the, the complex, no facilities, uh, so you're versed and stopped in your room for 22 hours and 24 after you finish your training, and it was uh, it wasn't what you would expect uh, players to what the World Cup to be after put up with. No, absolutely not. And uh, was there any play well, good at Scotland? Willie Willie Johnson was my roommate for oh, all the wow. time I played for Scotland. Willie yeah. was fantastic. He was absolutely a- fantastic. Yeah, fantastic player, and, and of course the the, the whole who and the. the f- uh, the the circus regarding him at, at the yeah, World Cup as well, that, that wouldn't yeah. have helped matters. Absolute joke, really. So we read all about it in the book. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, the Peru game then, it's just one of those, everyone can, can, can miss penalties. Um, Don, and is it one of those that affected you for some time? Definitely. I've never got over it. Never, even now, I still think about it. Wow. And I feel I've let the uh, rolling down and I and. Uh, and uh, I always, I always will be. Wow, it's, it's it's just one of those. I mean, every every player can, can miss penalties, can't they? But in terms of Peru, they were a bit of a, an unknown quantity, weren't they? Did you guys know much about them going into that game? Didn't know anything about any any, any of the teams we played. Wow. We we know we know. Uh, we just we, we were told to go out there and play, because but obviously they, uh, especially Peru, had done the homework. On us with, with Kibilis with the free kicks, yeah. and uh, the goalkeeper obviously knew where we were going to put the penalty. And uh, the different thing with the wall where he scored one of the, the free kicks, if we'd known uh, what we were going to do, obviously we would have made the, the wall differently. But no, we didn't have anything. We just we just told him to go out there and play. Yeah, wow. Do you think that the SFA should have been done a bit more? I know, I know, know nowadays you can get all sorts of stats and research on oh, different right. teams. Well, even at, even at uh, the level that, with Dave Sexton, he went, he went into all those details yeah. for the corners, free kicks, what, where your position went. And uh, we were Scotland, he just he would just go out and play. <laughs> oh, dear me. Yeah, I know, I know. Obviously, they've all been changed now because, you know, Everybody was a good player, so they would just just play how you played at your club level. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> it's hard to believe, isn't it? A World Cup is it crazy. Is. It is. It is. You know, no, no. You can see now in the Scotland team now, even watching it from you know, like, and you can see tactically they're aware, more aware than ever than ever we were. Yeah. Yeah, uh, of course. At that World Cup, you, you, you'd not play in the games against Iran and Holland. Were you, were you disappointed not yeah. not to play in those games? No, no, because uh, uh, no, no. I would. Uh, uh, well, I'm not going to divulge anything to them. You've got to read the book to find out everything. Yeah. Okay. And after that World Cup, you'd, you'd rejoin Notts County. Of course, was were you pleased to go back back to your former club? Brilliant. Just uh, to go come back and. Given, being given the opportunity to finish a job, to get them into the first division, yeah. that that was uh, that was fantastic as far as I was concerned. Yeah, and uh, I mean that finished second, of course, that that eighty eighty one season, and um, you mentioned I think off off air that Howard Wilkinson was brought in as coach as well, very forward thinking coach. What was he like? 
he was absolutely brilliant. He was the same. He reminded me of Dave Sexton. Yeah. Same thing. He'd, he'd worked under Dave. He was under 21s, England. And so he was, he was brilliant. And uh, he, he, he's there. Uh, it didn't surprise me when he went on to have further success with Sheffield Wednesday and Leeds. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And very good. Looking back on that, I mean, the end of that decade, I mean, you joined Count, Notts County in 68, and, you know, by uh, 80, 81, you'd, when you joined them, they were at a low ebb. There was, the only way it was up, as you mentioned, Don, to see them in, in the top flight. Must have been must have been proud for you to see that you played a part in that. Really, it's the unique thing. It'll never be, never be done again, where the chairman, the uh, trainer, the manager and the captain took a team in the fourth division all to the first division. That, that would never that would never happen again. Yeah, yeah. And I was fortunate to be the captain in that in those days. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. But I was going to mention that. See, see, being the captain, Don, is that something you you always had in you? Do you think that sort of leadership qualities? That's something you, you thrived on. Definitely, I was. Uh, I, I brought the best out of me. Yeah. To 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 try and. But especially the, when it came back to the, the county to get the, the players to play that little bit better. Yeah. And it brought the best out of me as well. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Uh, and, uh, I mean, after uh, you're so highly regarded in, in Notts County, you mentioned earlier on, voted the, the greatest, best player at, at the club of all time. Um, what an honour that is. What an accolade that is uh, bestowed on you, Don. That's, when you think of the, the Tommy Lawton's who was here and... Well, Les Brad, the record goal scorer, and all the players have been through the club. And, uh, I think I'm so lucky, and, and it, it humbles me to, 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 for people to think that way about me. And the supporters have been so good uh, to me uh, since I've retired, you know, when I go down there. And, uh, yeah, I, I just I love the club, it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it's a welcoming club, that's for sure. Um, uh, you got the club up and then you moved, you had a spell, yeah, we spell in uh, America, didn't you? And, uh, Minnesota kicked, did you play in Hong Kong as well for a wee spell? Did that, uh, and then uh, that was a good experience. Yeah. Uh, okay. Both, and uh, brilliant, played with Sam uh, Hutchins in, in Hong Kong. And uh, it was, yeah, great, great way to finish my career. Yeah, now I was going to mention that. Did you feel that the time was right when you, you, you eventually hung up your boots that you felt um, you, you were ready to? I told her when I when I finished, uh, got the North County promoted. That was me. Yeah, uh, I didn't want to go. It took me that long to get up. I was thirty six. I didn't want to go start going down the leagues again, uh, like what the people do. I, I wanted to finish the, the top, and uh, that's what I decided to do. I was thirty six. That was me finished. Yeah, you obviously played down in England your, your whole career, Don. Did did you have any chance to come come back up to Scotland, or, or did, did is that one regret that you never played in Scotland at all? I always wanted to, especially looking back at it, to be able to. I never went. I never played in Petrodry. Yeah, and uh, and obviously Aberdeen was my childhood club, and uh, I, I I would have loved to play for Aberdeen. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure they would have loved it as well. And you had a spell, you had a wee coaching spell, of course, at, at, at Kettering Town, and um, then you left the, the game. Did, did you not fancy continuing down the, the coaching avenue? All I ever wanted to do was get the, the, the uh, 
Munzer not counting. Yeah. And uh, with Ramon Fault, uh, in those days, uh, you, you had to learn an apprenticeship. And I was, I've, you know, like through different circumstances, uh, not counting were going from the first of the one downwards and uh, going backwards. And uh, uh, I was prepared to take all of it. Uh, as I said, you had to learn apprenticeship, but, and I wasn't prepared to do it. I was a bit, uh, I wanted to get there and do it. I wasn't interested in any other club. I just, I was just, if I was going to manage a club, it would be Moss County. But it never happened, and I, I, I've been able to write, I'll do something else in my life, and I'll be fortunate to do different, other, different things. Yeah, we've had guests on before, Don, footballers, and uh, some of them uh, have just chosen that that different career path once they finish playing and seeing how it's they almost start from from nothing, uh, sort of thing. And it's uh, what do I do now? Did was was it difficult for you finding that, or was was it quite easy to transition to um to, to well, did you go into the hotel business straight away? No, 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 no. I, I learned an apprenticeship when I was in Middlesbrough. I, I painted and decorated. Wow. And all I wanted to do was after twenty years of playing football. Uh, I get my if I had my house cleared up for and then go back to the paint and decorate. That was all. That's all <laughs> I was wanting to do. Play twenty years playing football and then get back in the real world and be a painter and decorator. Brilliant. But uh, obviously, with uh, circumstances, different things, uh, and different ways, uh, my life went in different directions, and and I've had I've had a fantastic life. And different things with it, and uh, I'm just grateful I'm still here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, in the book as well, I know there's a lot of uh, personal things you've had to deal with. I build on it. Uh, urge you to get the book and read all about that as well. In terms of the the hotel business, and you now run a guest house in, in Nottinghamshire. Is it something you enjoy doing that, that Don? Absolutely fantastic. Well, I was so lucky to meet Brenda, second wife, and uh, after Margaret died, and uh, anyway, so and we. We actually came up this morning to see uh, to go into the hotel business uh, when Brenda and I first got together. But anyway, Columns, we bought uh, the Gallery Hotel in Nottingham near the Trent Bridge uh, cricket ground. And uh, we, we had that for 14 years, which was fantastic. And 17 years ago, uh, I retired when I was 57, moved up here an old farmhouse and converted it into a, a guest house and uh, I'm just a gardener I'm just a gopher <laughs> everything. we've got three bedrooms we're uh, five star and uh, we're Michelin uh, awarded Brilliant. and we do everything ourselves and I'm I'm, I'm, I'm the luckiest guy in the world oh yeah fantastic and uh, I mean I'd imagine you get a lot of interest from uh, supporters and what have you, and and, and and that sort of thing. Don coming, wanting to stay at the at the house. Absolutely fantastic because we're we're between uh, Grantham and Nottingham. Yeah, uh, ten miles from Grantham, fifteen miles from Nottingham, and uh, it's straight then. It's be fifteen uh, minutes, uh, about thirty minutes to get in there. Brilliant, and uh, we get loads of enthusiasm uh, from up players for us. Get loads of support. I mean, they used to come to the hotel, so and uh, they come out here, and it's, it's brilliant for me. Yeah, super. And I mean, at the current situation, I know we're all have been affected by the 
uh, the coronavirus right now. Is that has that had a, a bit of an impact on on, uh, on you and Brenda? Yeah, it is because we're in the positive position. Uh, we we uh, just we just have to do it. We do it because we want to do it. Financially, we we don't have to we don't or have to rely on the the DNB. And uh, at this stage of my life, you know, like we just we just take people in who we already know, previous guests, and uh, we're, we're just going along that way. Yeah. Super, and uh, of course we were speaking about it, but you've brought out your your autobiography as well, Don. Um, still saying sorry, it's um fantastic book. Uh, what what gave you the sort of inspiration to write that? It was it was Terry Bowles, who was a reporter at uh, North County, uh, North County for seventy three. Yeah, last just last year, yeah, we we went to. Les Brad's in old days into the Hall of Fame in County. Yeah. And he had a word with me then and wanted to say in the world it would be a shame if I didn't write a book. And uh, I kept putting them off for a month. <laughs> anyway, so I finally decided last December to do it. And Terry Bowles and I, we've spent a year doing it. And I, I, I said to him before, it had to be all the the bad about me and, the, and as well as all the, the football stuff. And it's about my life. And uh, it's, uh, it's being therapeutic as far as I'm concerned. And uh, I'm sure people buy it, they'll, they'll enjoy the read. Yeah, I'm sure they will. But whereabouts can, can they get it? I guess it's all sort of good bookshops. You can get it. It's on, it's a, a, you can get it on my website, www.donmasson.com. Go.uk. It's quite simple to go into that and you go straight away. And I will, will personally get the books out and sign them. And uh, I'm hoping there's people out there interested and to uh, read about my life. Oh, yeah, I'm sure there'll be plenty of them, Don. Um, absolutely fantastic. Well, we'll certainly put the, the link out in the, in the bio as well. It's been tremendous having you on. It's, it, it's been really great hearing your, your story in, in the game, Don. Thank you very much for, for coming on. It's my pleasure, and I'm, I'm just I'm so grateful that uh, you've given me this opportunity. And I wish you all the best in your future career. Well, that was episode 79 of the Talking Football Podcast with Don Mass. And as ever, I hope you enjoyed it. Remember, if you want to listen to any previous episodes, you can catch them all on pretty much all podcast platforms. Be also sure to check out and subscribe to the Talking Football website, where there's a whole load of great content on there. It's just talkingfitball.co.uk. If you're on Twitter, you can follow us at Talking underscore football, and we're on Facebook as well. I hope you can join me again next time for another beauty of an interview. But until then, stay safe. Bye for now.